Thank you for joining our broadcast today at City Life Church. We would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. Please take a minute to send us your story at info at citylifechurch.cc. And if God has used this ministry to touch you in any way, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially to help us bring God's word to other people. You can go to our website at citylifechurch.cc to find the giving options that works best for you. Now in today's message, Pastor Tony will be delivering an encouraging word that we know is going to touch your life. We pray that you listen with expectation, believing that everything you need from God, he's going to do it. Enjoy today's message. Some religious people came to Jesus one day and they were trying to trip him up. And they were really trying to put him in a box and corner him. They were trying to find a place to um, sabotage not only his ministry, but his assignment. And they asked him a question. It said, which is the greatest commandment? Tell us which one it is. And Jesus used the word over and over to combat the enemies of his life. And when you realize that God gives you the rule book of life, the Bible, our roadmap, our, our weapon of warfare, to not only guide you in life, but to do battle with the enemy and the adversaries that would come your way over and over, Jesus said. Jesus replied, In verse 37, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Now the Bible tells us to guard our heart because from it flows all of the issues of life. He tells us that our heart can be a wicked thing. It can play tricks on us and be very perplexing. He tells us that our heart issues and declares what is in it. Our mouth declares what is in our heart. And then Jesus replied this, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And then I can see as they begin to leave. They they say, well, he got it right. He, He hit it. He nailed it. And as he was leaving, Jesus said, now wait a second. The second one is just as important. It's just as important as the first because truly if you cannot do the second one you've not fulfilled the first and he said the second is like it love your neighbor as yourself and then he said this all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments what he was saying was this if you can keep these two everything that the law requires of you will be done everything that the prophets have declared for us to walk in will be accomplished. If you can ever grasp these two, love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor the same way. If you can ever grasp these, everything that has led us to this point, Jesus was saying, will be done. Me and Pastor Casey did a series a few years ago and uh, it was called Keys of the House. And I was looking through that series this week. And there were some great keys in there. And some of these are just so interchangeable in any series because they're just great principles of the word. And they're just foundational things in our journey. They're things that if you and I will have in every setting of our life. They will cause the plan of God, the will of God, the purpose of God, and the destiny of our life to be fulfilled. The first one is love. Somebody say love. The Bible said before we could love God, he loved us. 
before we were able to love him or even fathom his love for us and truly even deny, I don't think that we can really fathom his love for us, that the God of the universe would send his son, the king of glory, to die on a rugged cross so that you and I might be in relationship with him. That's really hard to grasp. It's really beyond a sermon or a teaching or us just trying to grasp it in a song that the God of all creation sent a holy God put him in a manger, let him walk the earth, eventually picking up a cross, died a rugged death. And the Bible said on the third day, he rose from the grave also that you and I might have fellowship with him and that he may redeem us and that we might walk in righteousness and be the righteousness of Christ. It's really hard for us to grasp, but we understand that love is the foundation of our journey. Now, tomorrow is Valentine's Day. And to all the men of the house, go buy your Valentine something if you have one. If you don't, you might not have one after tomorrow. (laughs) Flowers, candy, a card at least. Diamonds might be good if you can afford it. (laughs) I saw a lady over here start shouting when I said that. Almost fell out. But love is more than an emotion, more than a feeling, more than just a day on our calendar, more than red hots hearts or or chocolate candy or even flowers. Love is a gift that we receive from God. The Bible said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that if you and I would believe in him, we would have eternal life. The Bible says before we could love him, he loved us. And when this love is broken open, first of all, in our relationship with God, and then bestowed to others on behalf of him, supernatural things begin to happen. When you realize that the Bible teaches us that love cancels the assignment of fear. Love will break anxiety in your life. Love will cause depression to be lifted. Love will free you. And when you realize it's the love of Jesus that changes everything. It is the love of God. And when you experience that love, there is a responsibility that you and I have, not only to give that love back to God, but to give that love to others. Jesus said, if you can master these two, everything else will fall in place. The Ten Commandments, the first set is a vertical. It's our relationship with God. And all of a sudden, in number four, it transition, and it begins to talk about our vertical, our horizontal relationship with others. This is it right here. Love God and love people. Somebody say, love God and love people. Another great principle that you and I have to understand if we're ever going to fulfill and walk in this love and walk with a pure heart is the word grace. Somebody say grace. You have to be willing to receive the grace of the kingdom in your life and allow the love of Jesus to work in you. And without the grace of God, the Bible says, by it we are saved. And without God's grace working in our life, we will never experience the fullness of what God has for us. But when God releases his grace in us and the work of grace begins to work for us, it allows us to walk in the perfect plan of God, the perfect will of God. But not only do you need to be a recipient of grace, we need to be deliverers of grace. Sometimes I find people that have been extended the most grace, they give back the least grace. I'm going to say that again. Sometimes I find people that have been given the most grace, 
they extend the least grace. I want to be a grace giver because I may need grace tomorrow. I want to be one that extends mercy because I may need mercy tomorrow. I want to walk in grace and extend grace because it was by grace that I am saved. If it had not been for an amazing grace, I would still be blind. I would still be lost. I would still be broken. I would still be hurt. Anybody thankful for grace in this place tonight? It saved a wretch like me. You have to understand that grace is a gift, but not only a gift to receive, a gift that you need to freely give. We need to freely give. Communication is a great, great principle that if in your life will allow you to build bridges and go to deeper places. First of all, our communication with God. You cannot hear the voice of God and follow the leading of his spirit if you are not in communication with him. You can't go to where he's taking you without the, the plan. He holds the GPS. We did a series long, long ago, and we talked about the, the, there being a GPS in our life, a God positioning system, and how God knows every stop, every detail, every place. He knows when you need to get off to refuel. He knows the rest stops in your journey. He knows it all. And without communication, that's why the Bible says we are to pray without ceasing. And it's the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man that avails much. It does much good. It does much work. And when you stay in communication with God, that's where he orders your steps. That's where you know that the next step has already been put in place. Why? Because I have been talking with God and he has been talking with me and I am following his leading. And the Bible said the sons and the daughters of God, they are led by the spirit of God. So therefore, as God speaks, I just keep moving. And if he, if he ever quits talking to you and you ever quit feeling his leading, that's a good time just to stop and pause for a moment and say, God, I'm not going to move again until you begin to lead me to the next step and to the next journey. Because the Bible says, be anxious for nothing and sometimes we move prematurely and God has not spoken and when you get out there and the step has not been ordered you get in trouble when you get out there and the next step has not yet been put in place you get in trouble but when you know that your foot is about to hit the next step that's been ordered by God and you know that your next foot step is getting ready to lead you into greater places why because you're moving from glory to glory you're moving from season to season you're moving from one level to the next level. Why? That's the plan of God. God's plan is always a plan of progression, but you will never be able to live out the plan of God without communication in your life with God. But it's also the same with others. It's hard to build relationships and deepen relationships without communication. It's hard to love your neighbor without communicating with them. Most of the things we see in our country right now are for lack of communication because people are fearful to talk to one another. We have Republicans that won't talk to Democrats and Democrats that won't talk to Republicans. Independents that are all just left out. We have people that don't look like you and maybe not like me and sometimes we're fearful to hold conversations that really bring truth and revelation. But, but I'm glad that City Life is a church made up of many different people from all backgrounds, not just ethnicities, but even generationally. And we come together and we worship one God, knowing we're saved by one grace, knowing that there is one assignment in the earth, and that's to make the name of Jesus famous. You don't have to look like me to worship with me. You don't have to look like me to go to heaven with me. We don't, you don't even have to look like me to do life with me. And when you realize that we're all different, but we are fearfully and wonderfully made, but community 
communication goes a long way. Why? Because when I begin to hear your story and you begin to hear my story, sometimes we are surprised at our backgrounds and how much they really are alive. But when we walk in this principle of communication, God brings revelation. That's why the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. I was in a meeting with a pastor and we went over there on an assignment today. And when we walked in, I could tell that this pastor, we were in this meeting. I was just there to help. I was on a, a committee. The church was in trouble and um, our fellowship were a part of asked for a group to go down and just meet with this pastor. And they've got huge bills stacked up and he can't seem to find his way out. And I begin to go in and I say, well, have you ever uh, thought about maybe tweaking here? And he said, no, we've already tried that. I said, what, what about maybe cutting over here? Nope, we've already tried that. I said, well, maybe an adjustment. Nope, you can't touch that. Too many people will get mad. Finally, I just quit talking. I said, well, I guess you've got it all worked out already. And it's going well here for you. You guys are about $400,000 behind on the bills, you know. So, hey, just keep doing what you're doing. But you know, the minute he began to get, and I'm sure he was under pressure and he was in a battle, but the minute that he began to get defensive, I got defensive. Why? Because the tone and the, I was just there to help and I can be the same way. I get under pressure and I say things, but if I will stop and think that a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh answer, it stirs anger and it stirs strife. That's why Colossians chapter four, verse six says this, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Let your speech be grace and season. Why I need to answer you the right way, not just give you what you want to hear, but even if it's what you need to hear, I do it in the right way. Even if it's not what you wanted to hear, I do it with grace so you can receive it. And when we realize that communication is so powerful, most of the problems in life are solved with communication. Honor is a principle that if we do not have it, that's one thing I love about City Life Church. It's really a core value of this house. And, you know, our prayer is that people feel honored from the, from the parking lot to the platform. When they come to this church, when they get out of their car, they feel honored. Uh, we want people to have an experience at City Life. I remember um, a long time ago, we went to Disney World and, and we, we were like parked like, like 400 miles away from the gate. And we were going to ride that little tram with all the other people, you know, at the wonderful, most wonderful place on earth. And, you know, the girls were there and they're all excited. And this was like a long time ago. And we got out of the car and it's like one of those days that everybody in Florida shows up at Disney World. And you can just tell everybody's Floridians, but, but everybody's there and we're parked very far away and we finally get out and I didn't really want to be at Disney World that day, but we have these season passes. So we felt like we needed to go and our girls wanted to go and we get out. I always say the best ride of the day is the SUV on the way home. But we get out and, and when we got out, they had these uh, singing rocks in the parking lot. And I remember the rocks had music playing and it wasn't long that those rocks made me I started to feel better and I started to feel like, you know, this was a happy place. Why? Because it had happy music coming out of these rocks. And I came home and I said, you know, I want us to get singing rocks for the parking lot. And we began to look for these rocks and we found these rocks. Now, when you get out of the car, why? Because we honor you. We want you to get out of the car and feel like we are honored. You are here. Why? Because I don't know what you walked through this week. I don't know what kind of hell you had to battle this week. I want you to get out of the car. And the first thing you hear is some uplifting 
playing worship music. Now, one week I did get out of the car and there was like this Bethel music on. It was like real heavy and it was like, God, you know, like we're out. And I went and said, no, we need happy music in the parking lot. We need like exciting music in the, we'll, we'll, we'll get to Bethel music and that, but we want happy, exciting music when they get out of their car. You know, we want uplifting stuff. But why did we do that? Why? We want you to know you are honored from the parking lot to the platform. When we have guests that come in pre, we want them to leave here and say, I have never been treated any better than City Life Church. When we have people that come through our doors, why? Honor is an ingredient in the kingdom and it is lost in our culture. That's why the Bible tells us in the word of God in Deuteronomy that when we honor our father and mother, not only will our days be long, but they will go well. He said, you will live long days and blessed days. Now I've met people that live a long life, but it's not always blessed. But he said, here's what honor will do. It will build a platform for you to live long and it will be a life full of blessing. It will be a life full of favor. And the key for your life to be long and blessed is the, is the principle of honor. Some of you are not walking in honor and you are not honoring others and you are not honoring your family, your spouse or your children or even those around you. That's what Jesus was talking about. He said, when you love God with everything you got, you will honor those around you. We will love them. You will bless them. And he said, if you fail to do that, the law or the, or the word of God for your life will be broken down. But I want you to understand that when honor is released, the blessing of God comes with it. The favor of God comes with it. When you realize that God is working on you and for you, unity is a great ingredient for you to walk with a pure heart. Because the Bible says where strife is, every evil work abounds. If you have strife in your home, you have strife in your relationships, you have strife at the workplace or even in a ministry, it opens the door for everything else to come in. Strife becomes that gaping hole where the enemy just comes in and floods. But the Bible says in Psalm 133, Psalm 133, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It goes on to say, for there God marks. Pastor Harold Woodson used to preach a great message, and he would talk about being painted with the favor of God when we walk in unity. And, you know, we believe so many times that the enemy can target us. Anybody ever felt like, that? man, the enemy's targeted me and my family. He's trying to take us out. He is trying to hit us with everything he's got. All of hell's arsenal seem to be aimed at me right now. Everything that could go wrong has go wrong. But what if we had in our mind and in our heart that just as the enemy could target us, so could God target us. And he could mark us with a bullseye of blessing and a bullseye of favor and a bullseye of purpose and a bullseye of promise. And I know when I get up that I am a target for the favor of God and I am a target for the blessing of God he says where he finds unity there he marks it and he targets it with the blessing of God if you want to be targeted with the blessing of God make sure that you are unified with Christ and you are in unity with your brothers and your sister I'm telling you God will not bless dysfunction and we have to be the model it's not going to come from the from the from the government it's not going to come from a white house or a state house I'll tell you who will model unity in the in the in in the, in the United States of America and we are called to, it's the church of Jesus Christ. It's the church of the living God. We need to be a model of unity. Unity will establish blessing in your life. Sacrifice is required. 
Because I know we live in a self-centered world, and I, I can be the worst at having self-pity parties. But I just read a, a, a statement someone put on Instagram, and it was so powerful. It talked about when I walk in self-pity, and I begin to live in a season of self-pity, I am really discounting the grace of God in my life. And I become self-centered. And the fruit of the Spirit does not develop in those seasons of my life. But when I realize that sacrifice is required, it's require, it was required by Jesus, and it is required by me. And if I'm going to love God with everything I've got, I am required to sacrifice. The Bible said that God honors the sacrifice. Matter of fact, the Bible says, as we walk in sacrifice... You remember the story of Elijah? He went to a mountain one day to worship and God just told him to go to this mountain and offer a sacrifice. He gets to this mountain and the Bible said there's 450 prophets of Baal. And basically they told Elijah, we were here first. But God told Elijah to go. And Elijah, in a moment, he said, you're telling me no, but God said to come to this mountain. He said, let's do this. You build an altar and I'll build an altar. And we'll find out whose God is the true living God. The Bible said they built an altar. And you're familiar with this story in 2 Kings. The Bible said that they sang and they danced and they prophesied, but no fire ever fell. Nothing ever happened. I've been around people like that, that they sing, they dance, and they prophesy, but there's no power in their life. They just know all the churchy stuff to do. But then the Bible said, Elijah, one man in the midst of 450 prophets of a false god, the Bible said that he cleared out their altar. He rebuilt the altar of the Lord. First, he asked for 12 stones because he had to build an altar in order. And then the Bible said he placed wood on the altar and he placed it in order. And then the Bible said he asked for oxen for the Bible tells us that a sacrifice of blood is always accepted if it's done right. But he did not stop there. He asked for something. He said, give me 12 barrels of water. And the Bible said they brought him 12 barrels of water. Now you may not think that is significant, but they were in a famine. It had not rained in three and a half years. Water was more precious than gold. It was the most precious thing they had. And the Bible said what he asked for was the very, the most precious thing they possessed. He said, bring me 12 barrels of gold and dump it on the sacrifice. And then he stood up and said, I'm looking for the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. This mountain, Father, is here because you created it and you placed it here. And I am on this mountain because you asked me to come to this mountain. So I'm looking for the God that asked me to come to show up. And the Bible said through that sacrifice, God opened the windows of heaven. And the Bible said fire began to pour out. And the Bible said the sacrifice was consumed. And not long after that, he begins to hear something in his spirit. The Bible said he looked at his servant and said, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain because whenever you give God something, he always gives it back in greater portion. He said, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. We dumped 12 barrels on the ground, but there's an abundance on the way. We dumped 12 barrels on the ground, but there's an abundance. God is never mocked. He said, what you sow, you will reap. And if you love God and anything you sacrifice for him, the Bible said he becomes a rewarder 
order to you. And there are some of you, you're in a season and God is looking at you and as he's working on your heart, he said, if you will walk in sacrifice, it will lead you to prosperity. It will lead you to the place of promise. But if you want to really see me, make sure your heart is right. Maybe make sure your heart is pure. For those that have a pure heart, they see God. And there is nothing that will thrust you into a season greater than getting a glimpse of who he is because when you see him revelation comes when you see him power is released when you see him crazy things begin to happen miracles signs and wonders I believe God is about to show himself to someone in this next season come on if that's you put your hands together and give him honor tonight when you realize that God wants to work in you so he can work through you when you understand that he's already given you all the principles in his word so that as he stirs your heart and he speaks to you and he pushes you and nudges you so that you take that step of faith just knowing just knowing that stepping out believing that as I trust God and even though I can't see it I'm going to land on his promise Jesus in the scripture had this affinity to children he was drawn to them he used them as illustrations and Life lessons. Why? Because there's something about those children and the pure heart that they possessed. A childlike faith that just trust. I remember when I was just a young boy, four or five years old, I just thought my dad could do anything. And I still do, but, you know, as you grow and you get older. But I remember he'd put me in high places and he'd say, jump. If he did that today, I'd say, that's all right. But I just jumped to him. Why? Because I just knew my dad was going to catch me. There's something about having a childlike faith and a pure heart. That you just take the word and you say, God, if you said it, I believe it. If you tell me to leap, I'm going to leap. If you tell me to go, I'm going to go. I just need to hear your voice. But also if he says no, we just know that he has something better. Over this next few weeks, my prayer is that he works in all of us so that he can work through us. Because God's plan is always a greater season. He said, Pastor, it's good right now. Greater is in your future. Because the Bible tells me that my better, somebody say my better. Sometimes we say it like this, my best is yet to come. No, I said don't say it like that. I said that's how we say it. (laughs) Say my better is yet to come. Because when you say my best is yet to come, somebody else said it. What, What you're implying is when I get there, that's it. But when you know that your better is yet to come and every time you get to the next season, 
they're still better and they're still greater. And every time I arrive there, there's still more that God is doing. And every time I get to that next level, there's still another one that he's called me to move to. And every time I get to that next level, there's always something greater in my future. And every time I get a glimpse of him, I see a new facet of who I am. And every time I get a glimpse of who he is, I get to see who I am even greater. And that's why he said, if you really want to walk out this commandment, he said, not only do you have to have a vertical love, but you have to have a horizontal love. And you have to even be able to love yourself. Because if you can't love yourself and you can't love others you will never truly love God like you need to love God but when you understand love is a power and it is at work and it is moving I'm praying that in this next few weeks that God just tears back some things and he releases some things and we give up some things and we know that there are enemies that are trying to attack the heart and trying to stop the heart but we are more than an overcomer through Christ Jesus why he has given us strength and power our love and peace. Thank you again for joining us for today's broadcast. Our prayers that it ministered to you and it changed your life. If there's anything we can pray with you about or God has used this ministry to touch you in any way, please send us an email at info at citylifechurch.cc. We also want to invite you to be our guest at one of our Sunday or Wednesday worship experiences. You can find our times and locations on our website at citylifechurch.cc. You can also download the City Life app on your smartphones or tablets for more online messages. It was great worshiping with you today. See you next time.